Chief, wow. <laughs> That's so good. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see some of you. Some of you are in darkness. I can't totally see you now, but it's all good. Put some light. No. But I can see the light shining, the radiance of God coming through, permeating, dispelling darkness. Is that better now? Everyone feels better. Great. <laughs> Look, I just want to just say something before I, I start this message and look worship, worship was great and it, it's something we do and we need to honor God and and give him the time and allow for what God wants to do within it because he inhabits the praises of his people and I just want to share just what what again affirm that God is present his presence is here there is a release of uh, holy warring angels, ministering angels. You know, God gives us everything we need and we need to be a little bit open to all that he has. I want to say also too, there were certain things as Carla was um, singing, she was prophesying. And there were certain things that we needed to take up, particularly in that song, also the break every chain. As soon as that started to happen, then something rose within me. And I knew the Holy Spirit was prompting me. So what I started to do as that song was there, because I knew the Spirit of God was on it. And there was, sometimes it's timing. Remember when in Bethesda, this is not my message, but in Bethesda, there was a, a certain time where the angel came, there was a stirring of the water. And people needed to jump in. Sometimes there are moments like that in God and still today, okay? There are still moments like that. And so while that song was happening, I started um, particularly lifting up certain people's names that I knew abound by certain things, whether it be addiction or anxiety or fear. And I started to speak over the name and break that. So I started to say, break those chains off these people. So I lifted up their names during that moment, that time, that window of opportunity. There's more, but I'm just trying to say there was a time for it. So I don't know what you were picking up. So what I'm trying to gauge for you now is to be aware. Have your senses heightened when you come ready, when you come prepared. And, and I'm not here to say, oh, well, you've missed it. I'm more spiritual. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to get you to get is to be more aware and I'm letting you know what God was on and you go you know what there was something but I, I, I didn't quite sense it it's not about feeling it's a knowing and it's beyond a knowing it's listening and being in tune having as even Norma said uh, a little while back having your antennas up those spiritual tenders. so I want to say there was something else that also was there and Carla sang and it's not about Carla today or singing but God was on something and it was Picking up your weapons. It's a season where we need to pick up our weapons, that which God has given us. And it sort of fits in a little bit to my message this morning. So it resonated me all the more. But so there is something that God is wanting you to pick up and he has given you something anyway. But maybe we've just dropped it. Maybe we've just shelved it. Maybe we've hidden it. Whatever it may be. But it is a season to pick up the weapons of our warfare, and there is an army rising up, and we need to rise up like never before. And if you can't see that, you're truly missing it, okay? I just want to say it. There's no other way. So I'm making us aware in the seasons we're in. So I hope this helps so we're picking up on it. Otherwise, you know what it is? We're not really thinking 
on the things of God or the eternal things of God or the kingdom of God, but rather we're thinking at the moment we're just comfortable or complacent and being more concerned about the things around about us and the things of this world, if I can put it that way. Not that there's anything wrong with certain things, but if God isn't first, then we've missed it. Isn't that correct? Okay, so bless you, church. I hope this helps. And, and you might say, well, I didn't get that. Well, you know what? There was at least two or three of us that discerned that and judged it, I believe, to be right in what God was doing. And if you're not getting it, well, then ask God about it. That's all I'm here to say to you. Ask God. So wonderful. Father, we just thank you for this great morning so far. You're amazing and you're so good. You're too good to be true. That's the reality. But Father, you are true and you are that good and we thank you for it. I thank you that your compassions don't fail. Your mercies are new every morning to us, Lord. I thank you that every day we can start afresh with you. Every day we can turn towards you and seek you and start every day new again. doesn't matter what's been, what's past, what we've done. Every day is a new beginning in you because that's the God you are and that's the God we serve and that's how we should live and be because everything is about you and we move and have our being in you for you you through you and by you lord and i pray that every breath that comes out of our mouth every word that comes out of our mouth everything we do say touch would bring you honor would bring you glory and reveal more of you and more of who you are today now and forever in jesus name amen so this morning's message and i again a simple message and and really, the way it came to me, lately I've been thinking about occupying. And really, the way the Lord gave me this message, it was like this. It was to occupy or be occupied. And so it's a little bit of a twofold message, and I'll get to it. But we need to be about the Father's business. We need to be about doing what God started. We need to be about and using every gift and every talent and every ability that God gave us for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. So in saying that, can you turn to Luke chapter 19 and verse 12? I'm going to just read all of it to 27, then we'll get into it. <clears throat> a certain nobleman, this is Jesus speaking, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. <clears throat> so he called 10 of his servants, this is a parable of Jesus, delivered to them 10 miners, which is of great worth, and we'll get to that, and said to them, do business till I come or occupy do business, be about the business, occupy everything that can be occupied till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded the servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then, can I have the, my water, please, Norma? Just there. Then came the first saying, Master, your miner has earned ten miners. 
And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you were faithful in a very little, uh, in very little, have authority over ten cities. Wow. Imagine governing ten cities. That's a, a huge task. And the second came saying, Master, your miner has earned five miners. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. <clears throat> then, then another came saying, Master, here is your miner, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man or a hard man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to him who has ten miners. But they said to him, Master, he has ten miners. For I say to you, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. What a parable. And I mean, it makes you think and you go, wow. And it makes you go, oh my goodness. So Jesus said this parable at his last trip to Jerusalem. And it was in front of everyone, in front of all to hear. He was making a declaration because many of the people during that time, as you might know, were the expecting him to establish the kingdom right then and there, in the now, that reign and rule. And so he puts on this parable to explain what's going on. So the main theme is that Jesus is going away to receive the kingdom and return to establish his rule and reign. This is the period we're in right now. We're in the occupy stage. We're in the do business until he returns stage. His servants were all given something. And each of every one of us have been what? Given something to multiply, to do business with, to occupy ourselves until what? He returns. So it's speaking to every believer. It's similar to the account in Matthew chapter 25, but there he speaks more directly to the disciples. And then he also lets them know that some people have more talents than others. But in this one, it's an even distribution. So the fact isn't rather how much or anything, but rather that we've all been given something. So there are a few things that I want us to get this from this morning's message. The first one is... That we've all been given something from Jesus, no matter what we think. We've all been invested into, and it's of great worth. Each and every one of us has something. In this earthen vessel is what? A great treasure within us. We've all been gifts. We've all been given gifts, talents, abilities. Each and every one of us has a thing, if you like. And I suppose... You know, it's a matter that we all do our thing. That we all do what, that, what God has given us. What's been deposited in us. What's been invested in us. So that's the first thing I want to bring about. The second is that we are to use it. Invest it. Build on it. Multiply it. 
until he returns. No matter what it is, and no matter what we think it is, we are to use. The third is that there is accountability and reward. He's just and faithful, isn't he? He's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. God is good. He's just and faithful. He sees, and that which you sow, you will reap. That which you do, according to everything that you've done, God will give. That person had, um, he, he'd invested the ten, and he was yet given another one. Isn't that amazing? All of us have been given something of great worth, but sometimes we just get caught up, or sometimes we focus on what it is. And, and I'll get to something in that while I'm there. Sometimes we get so caught up in pursuing that one thing, and we are to do the thing that God has called us to do. But I think we get so caught up in that that we dismiss everything else, that we've all been called to love, all of us. And I heard a message the other day, and I'm thinking, really? Just get to the point. And I'm thinking, you know what? We've all been called to love. That's absolute. You know, if we can just do that one right, if we can all love one another, if we can all love well, if we can, if we can do this one right, that is amazing in itself. Love. <laughs> we've all been called to do that. We've all been called to worship God. Intimacy with God. Get that one right. And some people want to go on all this other stuff. You know, we've all been called to share Jesus, each and every one of us. We all have the gospel within us. We all have the Holy Spirit within us. We've all been given even just the simplicity of those things if we did those things right i believe sometimes the outworking i always believe when you do the general will of god i call it the general will of god oh what is required of you micah 6 8 you know one of my favorite verses what does the lord require of you O man that you do justly love mercy walk humbly with your god i call that almost like the general will of god what I'm talking about is the general will. And then the specific will of God comes into play. It's amazing as you do these small faithful things, that which is being deposited, the outworking of that specific, purposeful, destined will of God for your life seems to unfold. That's how I found it. And some people try to pursue this one thing, and you need to do your one. But sometimes they get it back to right. They try to pursue this. What's my gift? And I, I've been there. Haven't we all been there? Come on. What's my gift? What's my gift? What's and then you get to a What's my purpose? What's all this? And then it's funny. The minute you go, you know what? What has Jesus said? What has he called me to do in a general way? And I tell you what, the specific will come into play. I guarantee it. And you know what? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. How's that? If you prove me wrong, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen. But try it from a, an older, grey-headed man who's lived a certain amount of years. Some of you are older than me, and I'm always willing to listen. Absolutely. But there's certain amount of knowledge, experience, failures that I have under this belt, under this stomach, of a belt at the same time so that's the one thing so there is accountability and reward 
The other thing is we don't want to be like that servant who does nothing with it as to put it away and hides it. And sometimes we give up. Sometimes we're disappointed. We just shelf things. We wrap it up. And we do nothing. And I don't particularly want to hear any words except this. Well done. Good and faithful servant. I think, don't we all long to hear that? Come on. That's everyone's heart. I know that. Everybody's heart. Anyone who's a believer wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So if we don't occupy something, someone or something will. Space needs to be occupied. Any void will be filled with something or someone. Isn't that true? And we know people are trying to fill any void in their lives with stuff. Whether it's material, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whether it's rock and roll, whatever it might be. People are trying to fill that void in life. And you and I know as believers, only Jesus can fill that space. It's almost like there's a space there that God designed within us that only he can fill. And everyone comes to that at a different stage of life. But we need to occupy And that's for sure. How many of us have seen streets of shopping centres, places change, and soon enough, suburbs, cities? I've lived in Australia long enough, and some of you have lived here a lot longer, but I know certain streets that once had different demographics, certain suburbs that had different demographics. And I believe because we missed it in some ways, we didn't occupy. We didn't do business. What we did, I believe, many, many church groups, we missed it in some ways. This is all important. And this is what I like to call the inward. (laughs) I think we went so inward that we forgot the outward. And the outward is, see, as we're here this morning, this is great. This is what we do. We gather. And we get filled. And we get the revelation that's needed. We get the encouragement, the strength. You know, we can't run on empty. You know, when this water's empty, I need to refill it. I have to purposefully refill it. This is like that refilling time. And then the outward is going out. This is one day of the week, but every day of the week is unto God. And so wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, we are to occupy. Whether it's our work, whether it's streets, whether it's neighbours. We were meant to be about the Father's business, just like Jesus at age 12. Where were you, son? Didn't you know? Didn't you know? I'm about my Father's business. That's what I'm here for. I'm establishing the kingdom of God. I'm starting something and now my disciples, my followers are going to come after me and they're going to take up where I left off. But we've missed it in some way because I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Are you seeing it? I'm seeing streets changed, demographics change because we went to inward. 
There's got to be a balance. Inward, outward. The Essenes were a people who chose to run away, if you like. Amazing, they kept certain things, but they went away. And some of us, I mean, trust me, right now the season, you know, you can do two things. You can get in the fight, or you go, you know what? And this is the reality, and and some of this stuff is going to take place. Everything that's going on, people go, you know what? Let's start our own commune. Let's go up. Let's go to Byron. Happy days. I'm just picking Byron because I like Byron. Happy days. Let's just go to Byron, start our own commune. Let's all get together, get some acres, take it easy, chill out, escape everything. I mean, sometimes I want to do that. I'm telling you. I love Coastal Farm. I'd love to have that simple life. I'd love to just run away, drift off into the sunset. But that's not what God has called us to do. He says the kingdom of God is like what? Yeast that permeates everything around it, all our surroundings. We are always meant to occupy and influence and be involved, and be in business, and be in every sphere that we can influence. But what we did, we went inward. Too inward. And we, we didn't produce disciples. We produced observers, spectators. And if you look at a lot of what, and I'm not here to, please hear me, God is shaking, everything can be shaken but we're standing on Christ. I'm not into mega churches. I don't, and I'm not saying that, I don't believe I have the capacity for a mega church anyway. I don't believe I'm that talented. But I'm not one for mega churches. I would say I'd rather 10 churches of 1,000 than one church of 10,000. Because 10 churches of 1,000 will do so much more than one church of 10,000. Because it becomes just a spectator. And it becomes tokenistic. Oh, the music was great. I gave my tithe. The message was good. And you walk away unchanged. And it became program. And it became a model. And this is what looks good. Oh, and this builds this. But it didn't produce fruits. It didn't produce disciples. It didn't raise up the apostles and the prophets and the pastors and the teachers and everything else that's needed. For the model of the fivefold ministry that Christ died for. God first should always be our way. See, we can get caught up. And I'm not here, you know, sometimes I have to pull back. And at the moment, I'm acknowledging where I'm at, you know. I put myself under scrutiny. I point the finger, I don't like to point the finger at anyone. The first finger I will always point is myself. The reality is the buck does stop with me. I point the finger at myself. And even this morning, I had to repent. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of what I've made. Forgive me where I failed you. I know my sins. I know my failures. I know my shortcomings. I know them. No one has to remind me of them. I'm fully aware of them. Because I'm me. (laughs) I live with me 24 hours a day. But one thing I do, I shake off everything. Every day. 
shake off. Today's a new day. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What are you saying right now? That's what I'll say. That's what I'll do. Every day. But I think if we have this heart attitude that we're about the Father's business, to multiply that which he has deposited within us. And because I, 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 do, love, I do love business. I, I, I love it. I do, I must admit. I love business. I love, I, I, I love helping businesses. I, you know, every time I see people, I, I love to offer good advice. Part of what I love to do, I suppose, I always tell people, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? What, you know, some people say, what, what makes you come alive? Or what is it that you love to do? Well, whatever you love to do, do it with all your ability. Do it with all your strength unto God, to the glory of God. You know, there's something about, you know, it says that a, a man, and Proverbs says, a, a master skilled person won't appear before men, but before kings. When you hone in on what you love and what God's deposited and use it to the best of your ability, you'll be in front of kings. Come on. That's Proverbs. Every word is true. Every word is something that we embrace and grab hold of. So we are, no matter what it is, whatever it looks like, whether you love to, you know, I, I, I know with Ross and Dawes and there's others, but hospitality. Some people just love hospitality. You know what? You love it, do it with all your might. Do it to the best of your ability. And if that's your thing in bringing people to the kingdom, do it. Whatever it might look like. Whatever God has invested in you. You know, for me, just so you know, what I love best, and it's not about me, but I tell you what, when you, this is what makes me come alive, it's what I love best, usually one-on-ones. And when you are living your best life, your destined life, which God has called you to do, I'm like, ah, I can, I can rest. That's the greatest thing for me, that you are functioning in all that God died for, all that Jesus died for you. When you function that and you're living your dream and you're living God's best life, that is my favorite thing. And if I can help in doing that for you, that's the greatest thing for me. That's what I love best, if I can say that. That's my favorite thing to do. And that's what I... That's what I'd love to encourage every, each and every one of you. I will push, I will prod a little, step back a little, come back. You know, sometimes you've got to do the dance of life. You know that? You can't just be at it all the time. So sometimes there's that dance of life. You need to give a little, say something, then pull back. You know, God's got a way of doing that with us, you know. It's almost like a, you know, there's a little a spiritual rope within us. He lets us go so far and then he starts to tug us back in. Okay, come on, tug us back in. And so, and we do that as, as parents, don't we? If you've got kids, you know, you give a bit of space, then, okay, it's time to say some stuff, reel it in, reel it in a little bit. And they've got to learn. It, it's, that, it's that wonderful dance of life. It's that wonderful cycle of life. But God has deposited something amazing. You know, I know the principle also of use it or lose it. I suppose I thought I'd just write these things down. And uh, I can see... I'm not using muscles at the, mo at the moment. And let me tell you, they are certainly, gravity has kicked in well and truly. I find my hair, I, I said to, who was it, my grandson the other day, he's, he's, Poppy, where's your hair? I said, well, see, what happens when you're older? 
I said, the hair goes down. It comes out of your nose and your ears. Have a look. And so he looked. He goes, yeah. It's just so funny. And so my muscles now, they've gone down to my stomach. But I'm not saying that which God give, gave you. I'm not saying you lose that. Because the calling and gifts of God are what? Irrevocable. What, doesn't that freak out everyone? The calling and gifts of God are irre, irrevocable without reproach. That's amazing. You know, in this theology, are oh, you disqualified? No, you're not. You're not disqualified. That's not what I read in God's Bible. You're never disqualified. Come on. Now, when he returns, you've done nothing, I don't know. But you are never disqualified. You know, sometimes as humans, unfortunately, in our humanity, we almost do, some will go, three strikes, you're out. You know, if someone does, three strikes, you're out. Or some will go, you know what, and, and I've lived this, you could do 99 things right. You do the one thing, guess what people want to focus on? The one thing. I go, hold on a minute. I'm thinking, do you remember this, this? And I go, you know what? That's okay. It's unto God. Audience of one. You know, when you get this audience of one mentality, it's a wonderful thing. I pray that you would embrace it. Because whatever I do, whatever I say, it's an audience of one. One. Because at the end of the day, I won't be standing in front of any of you, not even my wife. As lovely as you are, honey. And telling me all these years... No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm only standing in front of God. That's it. There'll be no excuses. There'll be no buts. Or as someone, as, as you've heard me say often, about armpits. Everyone's got... Excuses are like armpits. You've heard me say this? Excuses are like armpits. Everyone's got at least two. And they both stink. No, just let let it go. It's just it's it's a joke. Don't don't go too deep with it, okay? <laughs> There's no excuse before God. That's it. Let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I'm pleading mercy. I go, why am, why should I let you in, Claude? Um, Jesus, let me tell you, it's because what you did on the cross. That's it. Way to go. That's the only reason I'm getting to heaven. But everything we do is out of that place. Out of that place. Out of that love. So, if we don't use it, you lose it. Now, that's the, that's the reality. I, I often say to people to snooze, you lose. Isn't that true? Come on. We've all been there. We've been complacent. We got comfortable. We didn't quite jump on the thing. Snooze, you lose. You know, just... Quickly, my son Tori, there was, a, there was a, a, a townhouse that came on the market a few years back. And the real estate agent, um, he said, look, there's a, a, a good townhouse. It's a good price. You should have a look at Claude, possibly for Tori. And, uh, and I thought, oh, and I was busy, you know. And then just suddenly said, you know what, I better get onto this. Rang up, said, yeah, can you do it now? Great, had the ability to go see it straight away. Had a look at it. This is good. Someone also had a look at it before me. And he goes, look, there's somebody else interested in it. And this person's already got a building inspector onto it. 
I go, wow, that's quick. So snooze, I'm going to lose. So I said, you know what? I tell you what, forget the building report. Forget the inspection. Here's the 10% deposit. He purchased it. He's got a house today. And it's obviously gone up in value, so he missed. Sometimes, and now I'm saying, has it all, have I always applied it to me? <laughs> no. I've sometimes missed out. Sometimes you've missed out. But isn't it true snooze you lose? The other one is, I love that, risk it to get the biscuit. Come on. You have to risk it to get the biscuit. Faith is risky business sometimes, in a sense. You have to risk it. Faith is risk. Faith has to step out. Risky faith to step out into what God has called you. You know, when we planted this church, it wasn't like, there's risk. You have to sign a lease for so many years with so much rent. And we're not, we're independent. So we don't have Papa denomination ready to bail us out or they own the building. You step out in God's call. Peter, come on, walk on water. How many of us would walk on water if we are Peter? You say, oh, but you know, that's, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Because if I'd see those waves in the water, and even though Jesus is saying step out, logic kicks in a little, doesn't it? Um, usually, you walk on the ground. Walking on water is something of a miraculous nature. And you've got to trust God at his word and step out that he's going to hold you up. And we know, what did Peter do? It was good while he listened to God. When he listened to the circumstances or listened to others around him or listened to what was going on or saw what was going on, he started to what? Sink. But yet, Jesus reaches out his hand. That's how good God is. We need to risk it to get the biscuit. Risk it in the spheres to occupy the city we live in, the street we live in, the neighbours, to talk to them, whatever it may be. But I think we've just gone, we've shrunk back. Comfortable. Happy days. Sing a few songs. I love worship. I could do this all day. But come tomorrow or come the moments I need to be on to share. The other day I, I got to share with this guy and um, he asked me, asked for it. And so, and so he said, how's church? Because he knows... And then I, I explained, and I said, are you a believer? He goes, well, not really. I said, well, let me tell you something. So I went on, and I could see his face was going, I wish I never asked the question. <laughs> I said, I can tell right now, you've most probably heard enough, so I'll pause, but I'll leave you with this. <laughs> and I said to him, look, at the end of the day, you've got a 50-50 chance. Wouldn't you rather... Take the risk on God and know where you're going. It's a 50-50 chance. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. But people would rather the things of this world. They'd rather live their life now. I said to someone the other day, you know, he's got a you know, flash home and everything. And I said, well, 
I said, how long do you think you'll live? He said, oh, I don't know. 80, I said, let's say 100. I said, you're going to have this home, let's say 100 years, if you live to be there. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I said, you know, eternity is a long time. So I'm going to get my coastal farm for eternity, for a long time. So I'd rather not have it now and have it for eternity. I'll leave you with that one. I know you might think, well, Claude, that's silly. It doesn't matter. Do you know what? If I can trigger something, sow a seed to, to make them think, cause them to think, and God and the Holy Spirit, because no one can come to Jesus, what? Unless the Father draws them, unless the Holy Spirit. Salvation is a gift. But we need to be about the Father's business. I'm taking a lot of time spending, uh, spending here. I think within some Christian groups, as I said, we didn't get the balance right. But I pray we do get the balance right and we live to make disciples. Ephesians 1, 22 to 23 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all how good that he fills all in all so christ the head we're the body so in that aspect just to paint a picture we're the doing part we're spiritual and practical we're the doing part so christ tells us what to do you know like in your brain you go I'm going to reach out and I'm going to get, I'm going to, I need a drink. So I, my brain tells my hand, I don't know how it all works, but thank God it does. I pick up the water, I have a drink. It's the doing part. The body was always meant to be the doing part. Where to be about? Doing good. Bringing healing. Sharing good news. Don't grow weary of doing good. Continue. Stay steadfast. The fruit will come. The fruit will eventually come. I've had this mango tree. You know, I've been looking after it for I don't know how many years now. I, I love fruit and trees anyway. So, I, yeah, anyway. This year produced quite a few mangoes. It's only little. It's only about that big, I think. Would that be fair to say, Norma? Yeah, because some preachers, sorry, they exaggerate. So it's only about this little. And they had quite a few mangoes. And uh, Dennis, I know, said, well, we'll see how many remain because he's very good with horticultural stuff. And four remained. I have four mangoes and I cut them the other day. Four mangoes. But I've spent time. I've cut it back. I didn't want to pluck it out. Well, could be. I didn't want you know, at one stage I thought it was going to die. But I thought, no, 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 keep going. I cut it back. I've done everything, dug around it. It's a bit like what God does with us. There's parables. What should I do? Oh, no, no, just wait. One more year. Fertilize. Let's, let's hedge it. Let's do what we need to. Let's water it. Let's do the things that we need. Let's prune it. And it comes alive. And I think for us, God is so merciful. And he waits. And he's done everything he possibly can but it's time for you and I to arise and use the gifts. Could I get the worship team um, just up here? Oh, we're not finished yet.
God is the one that fills all in all. And you know what? We need to get full of God again. Full of the Holy Spirit again. You know, when we're full of God and full of the Holy Spirit, we spill over easier. I know in my early years, no one had to tell me to do things. I just uh, was so full of God that I just, it, it, it was natural. It was just a, a natural overflow. But what we do sometimes, we, in our Christianese, or some people, it becomes a bit of a bless me club. And they see everything as, oh, but, oh, it's a blessing. You're blessed to bless. You're blessed to be a blessing. And there's a mixture that takes place. And too much of the world has crept into our lives. Too much of the world has crept into churches. We went to corporate in churches. I truly believe that. There's a season where we went to corporate. We went to seeker-sensitive. And we forgot the Holy Spirit. We thought we knew better than God. So we created a model, which I believe wasn't the right model. And we're now at a place to go, okay, God. And it's happen happening all over the world. There's such a shift taking place. You only have to just listen a little and look a little to see it. And I go, thank you, God. We're in such a great time in history, a great season, a great place. And God is bringing us back to basics. And even in this simple message of back to basic, what's in your hand? What has God given you and I? If you could all stand. And some of us need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, be full of God once again. Some of us need to be reminded of the simplicity of that which was given to us and just do the general things, the general will of God, so the specific will of God to take place. So this morning I do want to pray with you, but I pray that you would consider, consider that which has been given to us. Consider what Jesus died for you for. Consider for love's sake. Consider for His name's sake. Consider for those who might be going to a lost eternity to start thinking differently to start seeing with a fresh lens and a new perspective, to get full of God once again, so passionate that zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your house consumes me. And it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went so the Holy Spirit would come. You know, I've got more to share, but I won't. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it for another time. The picture of the bridegroom coming for his bride. And you have to understand what that means. In, you have to see it in, in Jewish culture and in ancient history. Because it's the same principle that he's going away, but he's returning. And shall we be found in him? Shall we be found ready, adorned, prepared? Because we don't know when he's coming. But are we found being about his business? I, I always say this to, to somebody. Well, there's two things that I like to say to people. I say, I pray that when the Lord returns... I'm, pre, I'm sharing about him. I often say that. I said, I wish that whenever the Lord returns, 
I'm actually sharing Jesus with my last breath, I would be somehow doing something to share Jesus, the love of Jesus, talk about God and go, oh, here you are. There he is right now. Surprise. Wonderful. I said to a, a Muslim brother one time, I said, look, no matter what happens, and you have your faith and you grew up in it and I have, but I want to tell you, if you ever see these things take place, please, I said, invite Jesus into your life. Acknowledge who he is. If ever you see these things, because if you believe him, that'll get you where you're wanting to go but you think you have to do everything else for it when Jesus did it for you the other thing I like to share with people is this and as I saw the kids here it reminded me people love to share their testimonies I'm all for testimonies but the greatest testimony I believe this is for me personally the greatest testimony I want to see these kids at this church have is that they say I never look to the left or to the right I stayed the course I followed God's ways I am blessed I did it God's way I am blessed I don't need to experience this and that to have a testimony I have a testimony my testimony is this that I stayed the course and followed him I didn't need to get involved. And some people want to glorify the testimonies. Have you ever seen people where they just want to glorify, and I was involved in this, and I did this, and then I... That's great. But get to the gist of it. Thank God I'm out of it now. Do, do you know what I'm saying? That's the greatest testimony. So I hope this morning's message just reaffirms something within us. And I just want to pray for you. Father right now where people have laid maybe their gift dormant where people have wrapped it up I don't know where they're at you know I'm not here to judge anyone but if there's people here Lord where they've said where is my gift or what should I do I pray that you would enable them to pick up that which you deposit knowing that they have such a treasure in this earthen vessel and even if it's in the simple things that they start with You'll work it out, Lord. And I pray that you would fill us again to overflowing with the Holy Spirit so we can get out of here, Lord, and do, uh, and do what you've called us to do and be about the Father's business. And that which you deposited to us, we may multiply. We may produce good fruit. May we occupy every sphere of life until you return, Lord, because that's what you asked us to do to permeate every sphere that the kingdom of God would grow and increase and expand, Lord, so nothing else would occupy. But we've seen this world, Lord, and other things have occupied. And truth be told, we've been busy, occupied with other stuff too, Lord. But I pray we get back to that place that you are first, Lord, and we're not going to miss out because the Scripture says, as we put you first and seek you first, everything else is added. Everything else is added. We're not going to miss out on anything and nothing satisfies like you. So I pray, God, that you would fill us to the fullness that we'd overflow and spill over to this broken world in need of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Bless you. If you want more prayer, if you'd like to talk about some stuff, I'll just be here for a little while. We're going to have coffee and tea um, today. So please.